We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo. Thank you, everyone, whether you're watching this, whether you're listening to the show, appreciate you all. Today is Tuesday. That means, as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, writer, podcaster, sports media personality, and already to a busy start to the week. And it's only going to get busier for my man, Jill Yurden. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? We're doing good. It's been... It's we're recording this on Monday and it's already been a busy Monday. It's it's something else. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. So far, you've covered again. We're taping a so Monday. It's around roughly 6 p.m. When, when we're taping this. You've already been to Sabres practice, post practice uh, stuff. No practice today. They they called off practice. Oh, did they really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, nothing for sneaky reasons. They're just, you know. OK, well, still, you, anyway, you recorded you recorded Manny's Day podcast with Lance. Yeah. And literally, like, I don't know, maybe five minutes before uh, we started recording, the Sabres have actually made a trade. Um, mm-hmm. They acquired Riley Stillman from Vancouver for uh, prospect Josh Blue. And we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a few minutes. Plenty of Sabres stuff. You know what? We're going to give the Sabres respect today. I feel like they've been playing good for a while now. And it's kind of like on this podcast has been an afterthought. That's acceptable when the Bills are playing, you know, when the NFL season's going on. Yeah. But the NFL, well, the Bills, I, the Bills have been done for a while. But, you know, that's you know, that's me. Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, this team's playing really good. And I kind of like yeah. wait 40 minutes every episode to, to even start talking about them. They deserve more respect. They're going to get it today on Talking Buffalo. And again, thank everybody uh, for, for, for watching, for listening. I appreciate you all. Um, Sunday, so while you were covering the game, a big Sabres victory over Washington, I'm going to be honest with you, I watched the game. But I also was flipping back and forth to uh, boxing on a Sunday afternoon. Saudi Arabia, Jake Paul. I got to give the guy credit. Listen, I got to give him credit, Joe. He has managed. Well, look, I tune in to watch him lose. Just like for years, Floyd Mayweather, I would tune in all of his fights on pay-per-view because I finally wanted somebody to shut him up. Never happened because he hasn't lost a fight. But Jake Paul's got to got that effect. You know, he just he gets under your skin. He talks so much shit. He just looks like his face is just punchable. Can't stand the dude. 
So I watched the fight Sunday, man, and he did lose, which was which was pretty cool. Look, they're not, they're Tyson or not Tyson Fury, Tommy Fury, not the wasn't the greatest exposition exhibition. Got to be honest with you, man, it was kind of a it was pretty entertaining. So while you were doing your post game writing, I was watching Jake Paul lose, and it was more fun than I wanted to admit. My son and I watched the fight actually, and uh. Last round or in the half or so, dude, I was kind of on the edge of my couch, man. It was it was, it was pretty entertaining. I got to give him credit. It, is the guy that he the guy that he fought an actual fighter, or is it just another guy that he dragged off the street? He's a fighter. Okay. I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a, he's not an MMA guy. His brother, <laughs> of course, is Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion right. of the world. Um, and he fought a bunch of tomato cans, but you know, he was he's a real fighter. It was I don't know what the odds were going in. I know Jake Paul was the betting favorite, but uh. Yeah. Anyway, it was a. Uh, I, I I don't know, man. I, I I love. I grew up a huge boxing fan. Me too. Love boxing, and I the the whole thing now where it's like uh, you know like washed up athletes getting in the ring fighting each other and celebrities fighting each other, and now it's you know it's YouTube guys. Like I mean, mm-hmm. I'll I'll give him credit. He takes it serious. Sure. I just you know everything about it is just basically like here's YouTube guy buy it like his like his fans will be like well watch it we'll watch him win or people like me that are just like i don't give two rats asses about jake paul like please somebody beat him into the ground like that yeah but but like i i don't like that that's what what boxing is now because mma is taken over Agreed. i mean boxing's i mean it's boxing hasn't been interesting in a long in a long time you know I, a good fighter comes along and he's got nobody to go against like that's I, that's the whole problem but Man, just, oh, why the freaking Paul brother? And like Logan Paul's in freaking WWE, so it's like you can't get away from these these idiots. <laughs> You're a hundred. Listen, the box, the the quality of boxing sucks now, oh, and so does the marketing of the sport. Unfortunately, oh, and it's sad. Horrible. But Jake Paul is probably one of the, maybe after Tyson Fury, he might be the second most well known boxer in the world, which is ridiculous. Ugh. But uh, yeah, man, dude, I grew up on boxing and loved it. I would say. Actually, as a kid, baseball was my favorite sport. We've talked about this before. I, I grew up a big Yankees fan. Still, I'm a Yankees mm-hmm. fan, but I was obsessed with baseball. Boxing was probably my second favorite sport as a kid. I think I was blessed. And you're not much uh, younger than me, so you were along the same era, too, or, or, you know, right afterwards. But, like, mm-hmm. the middleweight era was Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran and Hagler mm-hmm. and Hearns, and, and then a lot of great heavyweight fighters, too. It was mm-hmm. great. That was real boxing, man. I loved it. This is a... It's a joke nowadays, but anyway, it, it was just, it was good to see him lose. Although he still yeah. was talking shit even after he lost. Of course, he's a good villain. I, I got to give him that. Yeah. He's an okay boxer, but he's a great villain. He makes yeah. you want to pay your money. Well, I didn't pay any money, but a lot of people did pay money to to watch him lose. So, so good on them. By the way, I, so we go ahead. Yeah, I just, I, I, I get taken advantage of that. Like that's that's a good thing. And if like, hey, if you're gonna keep winning the fights. It's kind of like wrestling. I mean, you know, it's that's fine. I mean, just you know, keep scheduling you know, boxcar Jim and and Hobo Joe to go against you instead of like the brother <laughs> of of a, the heavyweight champion. Like that's it's probably the better way to do it. It's kind of like wrestling, though. Like the greatest heels, the best heels. You you go and you want to watch them lose. You you'll pay your money. You'll yeah, you'll, but you'll I the like arena. Like you like to root against them. Like that's yeah. because they're so good at what they're doing. You like to do it. I don't that's like true. rooting against Jake Paul. I actually want him to lose. Like, it's not like a joyful, like, sure. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in on the gag. I like this. It's like, no, just please. Somebody punch his face right off. 
I did feel a little bit dirty watching the fight too. I'm like, why, why, why do I care about this? Why am I watching? He fooled me, he got me. Yeah, but, I, I mean, it's funny. Like I think back to like when you know when I was young when Tyson busted out on the scene, and people were like, "Man, heavyweight division was so good back then." I was like, it really wasn't. It was just Mike Tyson beating the crap out of everybody, sure. and it was incredible to watch. I mean, there was yeah. what maybe two to three, maybe four fighters at his height, at his peak, that were like, "Whoa." Okay, he just dismantled that guy. That's in, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was just, you know, like, uh, what was it? Uh, Bone Crusher Smith, like that that friggin' dude. That dude ended up in like a hundred big fights. He lost every single one of them. That dude stunk. I'll never forget watching Tyson um, beat Michael Spinks, and I, it was the first mm-hmm. time I ever seen a fighter mm-hmm. who was a champion, by the way, Michael yep. Spinks coming into the fight. He was scared. It was yeah. could be more obvious. He was literally physically and emotionally scared. Uh, of Mike Tyson. I'll never forget that. Yeah, man, boxing, when Tyson was at his, his heyday, his prime, his best, guys like Holyfield and Bowler, they were a little bit after, you know, Tyson mm-hmm. got in some trouble and stuff like that, and he wasn't quite the same. It was still, compared to today, though, man, that was like yeah. a legendary golden era oh, yeah. of, uh, that, of was, boxing, for sure. It was a lot of spectacle. I mean, like, you have George Foreman come back out of, you know, 40 years old fighting people, and yeah. you, you watch him fight, and you're like, this dude even hit with any power and you think about it. You're like, no, this is a big dude. And like, he's just throwing jabs and like, everything is like getting hit in the face with a brick. And, <laughs> and it's like, you're watching me like, this doesn't look impressive at all. I'm like, well, ask Michael Moore about that. More, but more was Tagged him once. a decent fighter. Mm-hmm. And he finally got the belt. And then he, he's like, all right, I'll fight Foreman. Yeah, whatever. I'll take out this old man. Moore got his ass beat by George Foreman. And then Foreman was a champ. And you're like, okay, like, I, I guess this is what it is now. But, yeah, um, the, the elite guys like Holyfield was elite. Lennox Lewis was elite. As far as I'm concerned, Lennox Lewis was the last really great heavyweight fighter. I agree. Everybody else after that was just some kind of Chris Bird. Remember that friggin' bum Chris mm-hmm. Bird running around, running his mouth, just like not fighting ever. And it's like this dude want a belt? John Ruiz, that friggin' guy? Like, come on. <laughs> well, we're going down. We beat his we, ass. He's we like, are, we're going down a rabbit hole right now. I could spend this entire podcast. <laughs> Talking about boxing. You know, it's funny. I had Tim Graham on early in the podcast. It might have been the second episode ever. And I think I might have spent 45 of our 60 minutes. We were actually uh, talking boxing. That was a lot of fun. Anyways, all right. So Sunday after the Sabres game, the the Sabres big win against Washington. Um, I talked to you after the fact. Unfortunately, it was after the fact. But Mm -hmm. my man Joe and a couple buddies or whatever went out for some wings. And if you were listening to the show last week, I spoke. Very, very highly of Sunny Reds, which is in Lackawanna, maybe a, you know about five minutes or so away from Highmark Stadium. Well, I stand by my take. The Wings are among the very best in Western New York. I think they're hot or medium or as good as anyone, including uh, Barbell. And, and I said that. But maybe what I should have said, Joe, and made it a little more clear. Actually, I didn't know this. Um, I learned this from you. I knew they weren't open seven days a week, all right? but did not know that they were uh, closed on Sunday, which, you know, your best, I, I got to hold this against them a little bit. You know, I, I've seen their praises. I got to call it out a little bit here, Joe. Um, your best ability is availability. Isn't that how the saying goes? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Joe and, uh, and, and, and his crew went to Sunny Reds on Sunday just to find out that they weren't even open, which, man, that's tough. Man. A, wing, a place yep. known for wings, not open on a Sunday, on a weekend, mm-hmm. it's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, and like, 
I'm, I'm like I'm double checking like the times that they're open and like I'm looking at like their Facebook page or some other like and I think it's like one of those spoofed uh like uh like uh, websites for restaurants where it steals like their their you know their business or whatever um and like everything has different days and hours that it's open and I'm like well this is no good yeah, but the one day that was there every single one of them had that they were open was Sunday and this was Sunday and they were not open. They were very much not open. That's that, that sucks. I found out by the way, doing research after, unfortunately, like I said, after the fact mm-hmm. talking to you, they were only open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And that's wow. man for a place is in they're busy on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm telling you, this is a, a good place with good wings. I don't know why they're only open three days a week, but man, you, you, you got to, that's, that's almost like nine 11 territory where, Either yeah. A, it's too busy to sit at 9-11, or B, then you don't ever know when they're open. You like literally, it's like mm-hmm. rolling the dice, man. You never know. So I, re- I'm, God, that yeah. sucks. But anyway, you did. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's disappointing. But I mean, I, I you salvage the day against though. them. But I'm just like, man, get a, get a real website. A sure. Put your, put your real friggin' hours someplace. Like, yeah. just Because I'm I'm literally looking through it right now. There's three like three or four different links, and they all have different hours. The Facebook like a Facebook page. Uh, some like TripAdvisor, like they all have different hours, different, like it, it's some, like some say it's open on Tuesday, Mondays and Tuesdays still. And I'm like, it's not, I mean, it's open on Mondays and Tuesdays. Every place hasn't been in a long time either. Right. I knew they weren't open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I thought they were open on Sunday though. That's just, uh, that's weird. Well, you did manage to salvage a day though with some, some good oh, yeah. food though. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, well, fortunately for us, uh, Imperials right down the street, uh, yeah. from Sunny Red. So we were just like, well, screw it. We're just going to go to Imperial Man, oh man, it's good. It, it, it it's good. This, this isn't is that your paid, first time there. It's my first time there. Yeah, this and this isn't like a paid message here for for Imperial, but man, it was it was dynamite. The wings uh, we ordered, uh, my buddy ordered twenty for him, and his, he had to bring some home to his wife. And then my buddy Nate and I split uh, an order. Uh, well, order twenty, we got ten ten medium, and then ten Jamaican jerk. Mm. And Man, oh man, like the the sauce, the Jamaican jerk sauce, like real good sauce, you'll smell it on your hands for like days later. No, you wash your hand a thousand times, won't matter. You'll still smell it on like on your hands, on your clothes. You brush your teeth nine times, you'll still smell it on your breath. Really good stuff. And uh, we ordered the uh, steak pizza, which mm. we always try to get the specialty pizza if we're out someplace and you know whatever. We, so we saw it. I look at the ingredients. I was like, oh yeah, this looks good. I've never had it there. It has hot peppers on it, which I'm thinking like, well, we're eating wings. What's the big deal? Hot peppers. Like, this can't be any big deal. Dude, I had like heartburn instantaneously biting, <laughs> biting into the hot peppers. My lips were on fire and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm sitting here eating hot wings and like this, this pizza, the pizza's killing me. Like, oh man, like, it was good. Like it's got what, hot peppers, mushrooms and onions on it and steak. So like, great. It's, yeah. a, it's a great pizza. It, it was good. I could not take it. Like the whatever the hot peppers are, man. Congrats, they're they're friggin' hot as hell. <laughs> I consider this. Um, I'm talking about Imperial here. One of those utility knife places, man. I just there's so many things on that menu that are good, including the wings. And um, you mentioned a couple, and then honey mustard barbecue are awesome. They got chevettes, mm-hmm. medium or hot, which are awesome. Which is funny, and again, Joe and I are not collaborating on this, but uh, no. since we're talking about Imperial, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that starting this Thursday, I'm going to be doing a live show every Thursday night from Imperial Pizza. I'm going to be joined this week by uh, Houston Texans 
defensive end and Buffalo born and raised Damone Harris. He's going to be on the show Thursday again, live from Imperial. I got a lot of good guests coming up, which by the way, Joe and Lance, one, one of these weeks, I'm definitely going to get uh, you guys up there and we'll, uh, we'll dig in on some more wings. I'll, I'll get you plenty to try, man. They're, they really are, man. Imperial's great. But anyway, when I say utility knife, it's like, it's not one specific thing they're known for. Like if you go to 9-11, for an example, you're going to get wings and you're out of luck. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Imperial, you can get really good pizza there. The subs are good. That one elite thing that stands out above all the rest, just a bunch of layers of, uh, of really good stuff, you know? It's funny too, because last week on the show, we were talking about Sunny Reds. And also um, at the end, we were talking about weird food combinations. And I told you about like the hot dogs and mashed potatoes. And you kind of gave me that look like, what in the hell are you even talking about? Well, I was thinking about that throughout the week. And sure enough, last night, Sunday night, I actually ended up having that for dinner. (laughs) First time in many, many years. Brought me back to my childhood, man. If If you didn't watch the show last week or listen, I make mashed potatoes. When I was a kid growing up, I should say, my father rarely cooked. But when he did on those rare occasions, he would make mashed potatoes in a pot on the stove, put a couple of hot dogs in the microwave, chop them up in a little bitty pieces and, and mesh them in with the mashed potatoes, stir them up. And I would have hot dogs and uh, mashed potatoes, a weird, weird combination for sure. But anyway, I had that for dinner and it was uh, it was really cool, man. Well, that's I listen. You gotta try it sometime. Trust me. I don't know if I'm gonna try it. I don't know if I'm he's not gonna try it. No, <laughs> you ain't trying that I'm shit. Definitely not gonna do that. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Like you get thinking about like you know like old time stuff you had like when you were young kids. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I got inspired to make like a grilled cheese the other day. I was like, I ain't had one of those in forever. Let me make one up. So I did. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> it was like it scratched an itch. Like that was perfect. Before we get to some Sabres talk again, I want to make sure we give the Sabres some of the time and space they deserve on, on this show today. But let's get a, a question because, again, you you write, you have noted hockey, your own sub stack. You, you know, you do work with your report. Um, you're, you have your own podcast with Lance Lozowski. Of course, you do this show every week. You're on the radio a ton, too. Mm-hmm. Of those, like, what do you prefer? Like, let's just say in a hypothetical fun world here, you know, um, you can make a, a decent living, but only doing one. You can't do them all. Writing, you could either be a writer, whether it's your own or, you know, working for a beat somewhere else. Or mm-hmm. you could be a radio sports talk radio show host somewhere. Or you could, you know, you, you could have your own podcast. And again, they, any of these um, scenarios, you're not going to be rich, but, you know, you'd be successful enough that, you know, you can pay your bills and have a couple bucks in your pocket, be able to go to Imperial Pizza once or twice a month to get some food, stuff like that. Like when it comes down to it at the end of the day, put away the side of the business aspect. Who gives a shit about that part? Like, what do you enjoy doing the most? Do you enjoy being on podcasts or doing your own? Do you enjoy being on the radio as a guest? Do you enjoy writing the most? I know you like them all to some extent, but yeah. is there one that's above the rest? Uh, I, I really like talking about it. Uh, radio pocket, like whatever it is. I really like mm-hmm. talking about it because um, it's, a, it's a much more like natural flow of thought. And like, I don't like, I have to articulate my words. Obviously I just can't just, you know, just say a bunch of words and just be like, hey, you figure it out. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, like the conversational aspect of it. Writing is very solitary. It's extremely solitary. Like you're not sure. sitting around talking with other people then putting something together. Like you just, you, you can't like, if you can do that, man, 
good on you because that's 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 impossible for me to do. Um, but like you're you're an audience of one, and you're trying to write write for an audience of many, and so you're you're kind of stuck. I, I mean, for me, I, I get caught in my own head a lot of times, and I've been trying to not do that more, like a lot more often with my writing. I'm just kind of like, no, man, just speak your mind. Especially like you know, if it's on sub, like I've got it on note of hockey. It, it's it's me writing it. It's not it's not me having to like kind of couch it in general terms. Uh, like sometimes in on Bleacher Report, I'll write you know if I'm writing something, I'll be like you know we here at Bleacher Report, blah 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 blah. And I just mean like you know it's I mean it for like all of us writing the hockey stuff, but also like it's just me saying stuff. So it's, sure, it it it's the old uh, never never use your like never say I in a story you're writing unless it's like an opinion piece. Then it's like well you know you got to you got to that, but sure. Um, but yeah, I just I, I really like talking about it because because you can bounce stuff off of you know of you know whoever you're speaking with and like you know people are asking you questions because you're an authority on on you know on things or you know you at least give the air of being an authority anyway sometimes if you're if you're just kind of like shooting from the hip but um, but it's it, but it's it's a lot more fun that way because you know because I mean I don't know how other people feel or whatever. And if they got a difference of opinion, like, oh, cool. Like, let's talk about it. Let's see what you got to say. Um, that That's that's more fun for me with, with that stuff. And I'm, you know, I, it, it's, it, it, I think it's a nice compliment for myself that I end up like having similar opinions to people that I do speak with. So that's kind of cool because uh, that makes me think I'm doing something right. But also I might be talking to other people who are really wrong and then, hey, that's great. It's perfect. But um <laughs> But no, it's uh, it's way more it's way more fun to do uh, speaking stuff. And I, I think like being a talk show host would be tough because it's just like writing because you're just talking. Like you know, people are listening. Nobody's sounding back to you. Nobody's saying anything directly to you. Um, you're just talking. And like if you don't have a co-host or something like that, you know, you're just you're just kind of talking. Like guys like Jim Rome and them who would just like shoot from the hip and just talk straight out say whatever they say and they just run with it. I like, I'm like, man, that's, that's hard. Like that, that's really hard because you don't have a, you don't, you either don't care about your audience and you just say whatever. And you're just like, I stand by it. Or you're really involved in what the audience thinks and says, and you're just kind of like, let's, let's find a way to either poke the bear or get them riled up or do something like that. Like that's, that's the whole part of that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I love writing. It's my thing. Like that's what I that's what I lead off with. But I I love talking to people about about hockey. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. All right, I am back here talking Buffalo with Joe Yurden. All right, so listen, we're going to talk savers, but again, this happened just a few minutes before we started taping. I want to pull up this trader and make sure I don't get it wrong. Before we talk about this past week, a wild week, a fun week for the Sabres, a small trade. Uh, again, Josh Bloom, Sabres prospect, goes to Vancouver for defenseman Riley Stillman. And I kind of like been following along a little bit on Twitter as best I can with replies. And let's just say this. I hope this isn't the only thing Kevin Adams does, or I think fans, their, their heads might explode right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you, you know, even what you would know about Riley Stillman. It seems to me from what I'm reading initially, this is a guy who's probably a seventh defenseman on a team, at least yeah. most teams. Anyway, that's a projection. That's what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Still got a year under contract next year at 1.35 million. So it's not even like this is a guy they're just trying to pick up down the stretch for, you know, a month or two. Um, you got any thoughts on Josh Bloom going? It seems to me like, again, initial knee-jerk reaction from mainly fans here is that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Bloom might have been an, a pretty decent prospect for a very bottom-of-the-roster type defenseman. What do you think? Yeah, I, Bloom was an interesting prospect. Um, I was excited to see where things were going to go with him because he's uh, he's back in junior. He's back in juniors again this year. Next year, or at the after the junior season was over, he was probably uh, headed to Rochester, and he would have been there next season. So it would have been very interesting to see like how he would have uh, grown and progressed because I think his skill set is is interesting. And there, you know, he's he's very good. He's shown that he's been pretty good on the penalty kill this year. He's been like a shorthanded goal monster uh, in juniors. But um, moving him for Riley Stillman, it it's a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, I I think the consensus was they were going to add a defenseman at some point uh, because they could use more consistency, use more consistency, and they could use you know a lot more help on the penalty kill because the penalty kill is horrible. Um, some of the names that were getting kicked around made a lot of sense. Uh, Riley Stillman was not a name that was kicked around whatsoever. Um, uh, Buffalo is going to be his fourth team already. Uh, and he's been in the league, what, four, five seasons tops? Um, it's, it's, I mean, it, the, the, the metrics don't look great. He's been, I mean, he's been in Vancouver this season. Vancouver's horrendous. He was in Chicago uh, the last, uh, well, uh, the last season and a half before this, he was in Chicago. They've been awful. Like we know that. Uh, and he started off his career in Florida. Now the name sounds familiar. Stillman. Uh, he's the son of Corey Stillman who played on the uh, Carolina hurricanes who okay. Corey played with Kevin Adams. So there's, I mean, there's a, that, that kind of connection there. I don't think that's why the move is made. Let's be, let's, I'll be very honest about that. That's not, that's not why that happens, but um, I, 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 I don't know. We're, I've been trying to comb over some of like the advanced numbers and trying to see like what is what sticks out about him that makes that makes this move make sense. Um, and I'm kind of struggling with it right now. And you know, I it's listen. The coaching staff and and Adams have kind of earned the the leeway to like bring in a guy and say like, all right, let's see what he's about. Let's see what goes on here. Um, so I, I, I do want to see what this is about because right now on its face, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I don't get it. 
I this could be part of something else, but potentially meaning well, what I mean by that is, you know, you look at this guy and right now you're like, well, for the moment they're seeing him in the lineup, but maybe they still make another move or maybe he becomes the guy who comes in. If somebody does get hurt. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just, uh, well, it, I think the, uh, the upsetting part here might be is that to get him on the roster, they might have to gotta get rid of someone, right? Oh, well, they could get rid of somebody or they don't could just say what I think in, you might be saying. Uh, I'll lean on retroactive IR to like what Saturday, mm-hmm. Saturday, like maybe to Saturday or something, depending. Um, so that would put him on the shelf for a week. So he, he would miss the Tuesday, Tuesday night game against Columbus. Yeah, I, you better be able to beat Columbus. Like, let's be real. Right. <laughs> you better be able to handle the blue jackets uh, would also put him out for Boston, Boston, which yeah. is Thursday, yeah. a lot harder. <laughs> That's a much more difficult game. And then it, it, it would all depend on the date. Uh, when he got put on because they're playing Tampa Saturday at home and that's a big deal. I mean it's it's a big deal because it's it'll be a it'll be a very feisty game a uh, after how the Tampa game ended down yeah. there. Uh, so that'll be that'll be you know you want you want all your guns going against the team like Tampa just because you know you don't want to a you don't want to get run off the ice and b you want to see how you line up against the best. So sure. Uh, you know, back-to-back games with Boston and Tampa, though that's tough. <laughs> that's really friggin' tough. Um, but uh, I mean, there's a possibility there's another move coming. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe a wave Clegg. Maybe you decided still you'd rather have Stillman than Clegg. I can't see that being the case. Um, maybe you send Bryson down. I can't see that being the case. Like it's just neither of those options seem right. Maybe there's maybe there's another minor trade coming somewhere. Maybe there's maybe there's another you know decent trade that's coming here soon. But I find that kind of tough to believe right now. I this sure. but right now on its face, I don't get it. <laughs> right, Under, that's how I think most fans and probably media feel, at least on the surface right now. And again, we're taping this Monday night. Maybe by Tuesday morning, when people are listening and watching this, it might maybe it makes a little more says maybe we learn another piece to something. I, I don't know. Right. But anyway, last week on this show, we talked about what a daunting week the Sabres had ahead of them. Um, Toronto at home and then on the road at Tampa, at Florida and at Washington. And I remember vividly you saying it was critical for the Sabres to beat Florida and Washington. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, no Alex Tuck, uh, at least against Washington. No Rasmus Dahlin against Washington. Tate Thompson's held to just one point, and the Sabres still put seven goals on the board at home, which is kind of weird because they've been playing much better on the road this year. So that's why I'm emphasizing at home. Like, that's a big mm-hmm. deal against Washington in a win. So they beat Washington. They beat Florida. And then for good measure, they beat Tampa Bay as well, man. This was mm-hmm. a, uh, again, let's give this team some respect at this point because, they deserve it. This was a hell of a week, man. And I was sitting there talking to you last week, and you're running down, you know, how good these teams are. And I'm thinking to myself, shit, man, this could easily be an old three in one week, you know, where they kind of, I don't want to say put themselves out of it, but, you know, put themselves in a lot of trouble. And that is not the case. It was completely the opposite. As we're recording this anyway, the Sabres could be in the playoffs. Yeah. A hell of a week, man. Yeah. And it's funny because, Everybody was jumping ship after the loss to Toronto. Everybody was like, ah, 
It begins now. Because they got outclassed. They look like they they just look like they were outclassed that game. Mm-hmm. Unless unless maybe you really disagree bad. with that. It was a really bad first 12 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. like everybody nobody did anything correct. Like, you know, we, we don't need to go over that game again. Like that's right. That was one of their worst, one of the worst starts to their game. From that point, I mean, granted, it's four to nothing, but like from that point on, they played decently well. I mean, they, they were able to get back into the game a little bit, but um, but I, but I mean, to come back and go to Florida, beat Tampa in Tampa, they never, they never win Tampa. Let's be real. And they were down one nothing. What like two, three minutes into the game, so I'm like, oh, here we go again. Here goes yeah, this. Here, it, here they go on, and it's just gonna fall yeah. apart. It was very early into that game. They were down, and then uh, they came back, and man, they just kind of, kind of ran Tampa off the ice in the second period. I mean, that was they got out. What was after two? It was what four to two? They had a lead, mm-hmm. and then you know. Point scores, it's four to three. Thompson scores, and it's five to three. And then it's you know a couple of couple of bad you know a couple of sketchy goals there. Uh, after that, make it you know get it to overtime. They take a penalty late in overtime, and you're just like, come on, man! Like you can't yak this one away. You just can't do it. Like and uh, and, and like the, the the whole end of that game got very be questionable uh like a poso takes an elbow right in the face no dirty. call it was a dirty elbow like that's chicken wing elbow like it meant to catch you in the face or whatever like that was bad and Chernak got suspended for two games for it no penalty called on the play of course why would there be um but then it's what maybe a couple minutes later Yoki, how are you just uh, like it's a puck in the air and he just ends up batting it and it just ended up going off a stick into the stands. And it's like, well, I didn't mean to do that, but right. Because the NHL made that the automatic rule, like, oh, you hit it out. It's a penalty because you have to call some penalties have to be automatic. Never mind. Elbows in the face aren't automatic, but yeah, whatever. I I can't get going about that. But, you know, he takes the delay a game penalty They go to overtime and you're just like, all right, well, they got a point. That's a win. Great. You know, they held on. They didn't choke the game away in regulation. You're fine. And then, <laughs> and then Ilya Labushkin. That was uh, awesome. Like, completely harasses Stamkos into giving up the puck. Stamkos tries to draw a penalty. And the referees were like, we, get, we let you get away with one already. And we gave you a delay a game call. You're not getting that one. Like, and if you can't catch up to that guy, Maybe you shouldn't win the game because uh, that was my favorite moment of the season, by the way, dude, I, if they end up making the playoffs and if they make it by single digits, low single digits, one, two points, that's the game. Everybody's going to circle. Sure. That's the one that did it because awesome. they, I mean, they turned it around. I mean, they've turned it around for now after that, like they, you know, they beat Florida the next night. They kick the crap out of the caps. We'll see what happens the rest of the week. I mean, you know, again, two evil games to end this week. So that's tough, but, um, but that's a rallying point because the the bench went crazy. Said, Why wouldn't they? It's Ilya Labushkin, a guy guy never scores a goal. Like he hadn't scored in like what fourth goal of his career or something like that. Nuts, and it's a shorthanded goal in overtime, and he snaps Only it by one of the best goalies in the world. Like second saber ever to do that in a defenseman, I should say, or no? No, second uh, ever. And shorthanded. Was, it was short-handed. Uh, the other was Pominville. Pominville. Right. That's what I was trying to think of. I could, I knew Pominville was able to score. I just couldn't think of the. uh the scenario, but man, yeah. that was awesome. The reaction from the Sabres to your point mm-hmm. was awesome. And I do think that that carried some momentum for sure going into Florida oh, yeah. and then back home uh, against Washington, which again, you know, no talk, no Darlene. I'm like, God damn, of course, here we go. 
you know, the Sabres finally get themselves in a position yeah. and now all these guys are going to start going down and this team's just going to fall off and it's going to suck. But I'll tell you right now, Joe, I don't talk about him enough. I don't think other people talk about him enough. You know, you, we talk so much about Darlene and Tage and, and, and Tuck and, and they deserve it. But I'm going to tell you, man, at this point, so does Dylan Cousins. Because mm-hmm. this kid is really, really coming on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at uh, I look at him and Tage Thompson combined, what, $14 million or something like that against the cap yep. combined, and they're signed for like the next seven years. Mm-hmm. So when I see Kevin Adams do that work, when they go pick up someone named Riley Stillman or whatever the hell the dude's name is, I ain't going to get that mad because he, Kevin Adams has done some good work. Yep. You know, he had a hat trick that game, by the way. I should probably throw that out there. Yeah. Um, you're talking about Dylan Cousins because this kid, I mean, the Sabres probably, and if you want to put Peyton Krebs as that third center, which I think he's starting to look a lot better too. Mm-hmm. It's like the Sabres, it feels like they got three set defensemen on this team, not just for now, but for years to come. And good ones too. Yeah, three centermen. They also right. do have three three defensemen set <laughs> too with Darlene oh. Power and Samuelson. Like, sure. Straight away there, man. But uh, Cousins, I mean, I... This is where I, I want to do a little pat myself on the back for this one because everybody before the season is like, well, who do you, you know, because, you know, building off of Tage having a breakout season, like, well, who do you see being the next guy to break it out? And I'm like, Cousins. You did say Cousins. that. Cousins is the guy that's going to break out. And they're like, well, why is that? And I'm like, well, the puck didn't go in for him last year. He did everything else right. Everything else he did right. Just the, the shots didn't go home. Well, 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 look at what's happening now. He's what, 22 goals, 21 goals now? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's impressive the way he plays the game because he plays with a, a fire, like a, not quite like a bug up his ass, but like he's just locked in every game. Like, there's no lack of effort. There's like none of that stuff where, you know, like, oh, well, he took a couple shifts off. Like, eh, I don't blame him. It's, you know, it's a long game, blah, blah, blah. None of that ever happens with him. He's just, He's full tilt all the way. And the dude, I swear, if they would let him, he would fight every shift. <laughs> I love the kid. Man. He's not, he's, he will not back down from anybody. Anybody starts stirring stuff up when he's out there, he's immediately in their face. And he's like, well, if you want to go, let's friggin' go already. Like, nobody wants to go. Nobody, nobody wants to fight nowadays. But Cousins, he'll, he'll Do you take see back in him. Do you see Mike back in him? I hear, I, I hear that relatively mm-hmm. a lot. That's I, w- I want to see how his defensive game continues to grow because pretty good now, mm-hmm. pretty good now. But Pekka's Pekka's main thing was he was a brilliant defender, like great on faceoffs, great defender. And then the goals started coming, you know, started coming for him, and I was like, oh, okay, well rounded, great. Um, and you know, when you trade Alex McGillney, you better get a really damn good player in return, and they got one. Pe- you know, like Pekka getting Pekka in that deal was like, whoa, all right, cool. Um, it's an easy comparison to make, though, like because I, I I can see why because Pekka played similarly with that, you know, you're not going to intimidate me, you, you can't get one over on me, like whatever, I'm I'll serve it back at you. That's how Cousins plays it. And you know what? Krebs is kind of doing doing a little bit of the same thing too, although he's whatever he's doing, it's not immediately noticeable, <laughs> like, but he's pissing everybody off. Like <laughs> anytime right. he's on the ice, somebody's just chirping at him or like taking a poke at him just being like dude what is your problem and I, I, whatever he's doing it, it's working because it's 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 making it's making his game sharper because guys are going out of their way to try to take a run at him which okay want to open up the ice for him cool like take a dumb run and miss him and then suddenly it's a two-on-one awesome um but yeah it's 
You're in the locker room, Joe. Yeah. Let me ask you this about, about Cousins. Being in the locker room, you see him on a different level sometimes than, than fans we see him. Do you sense, you know, it's easy to say, oh, this guy's got leadership qualities. Yes, no. Do you sense legit, like, when you look at Dylan Cousins, like, this guy looks like a legitimate and sounds like a legitimate leader. From the outside, I feel like that's what I see. You're there, like I said, you're around the guys, you're around him, you're in that locker room. Do you sense, like, legit, like, this is a guy that, when you talk about your core of leadership, like, he's right yeah. there with them? He's, what I see from him is a, is a, almost like a quiet cockiness, which doesn't make, like, I, I get those, that's like an oxymoron, mm-hmm. but there's, I, I guess the right word is swagger, but like he carries himself with it, with the utmost confidence and he's pretty even keeled. Like you don't look at him and say like, oh man, they're determined. Like that guy's, that guy's a, that, you know, he's a leader of men, that guy. And like, you don't see, like, you don't actively see it because again, he's 21, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's 21, 22 years old, whatever he is. Like it's tough to view that with guys that young, which is weird to say because you see, because I see it with Darlene. Like Darlene is, Darlene is stern, stone, serious. But like guys love him. He cuts, he cuts it up, and he's, you know, joking with them. Like they love him for it. But um, when it comes to dealing with us, Darlene is like he's locked in. There's like no screwing around with him. Cousins, like Cousins, is you know classic Canada hockey player. Like he answers the questions very straight kind of dull the dude ain't dull like he's he's a he's an interesting guy and i mean like it's almost like the uh the most interesting man in the world thing the dosakis kind of thing because this dude's like i mean he's from yukon so it's like he's from way up north like, he's a big outdoorsman in the off season you know fishing hunting all that stuff and like he's really into that he's big into sport he's big into cars like sports cars i asked him i said what are you doing with what's the first thing you're gonna get with the with the money and he's he's like I got to get a nice car. And I'm like, how nice we talk? And he's like, oh, something real nice. I'm like, okay, well, make sure you can drive around here all times of the year because otherwise. Ain't driving it tonight. I'll tell you that right now. Monday night here is snowing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, he's, I mean, I don't know. I look at his classic, like, how was I when I was 21 years old? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a pro athlete. I wasn't making, I wasn't, you know, scoring goals for any team or anybody. But, uh, but it's like that same kind of attitude, but it's like, he can back it up. Like his play backs it up. It's, it's, it's that kind of thing where you, you can see it, but it's not leadership necessarily. It is to a degree because I mean, he's kind of taken Paterka and Quinn and not necessarily Krebs. Cause he, he and Krebs are like the same age, but like Paterka and Quinn, like those guys have kind of taken them, taken them uh, like kind of under their wing, even though they're like a year older than them. Yeah. That's really cool to see, man. You know, it's funny. If you happen to be watching this and not listening, I'm sitting there wailing away at these controls and pulling up pictures <laughs> of the wrong guys and shit like that. But I'll tell you, I'm glad I did that, though, because I'm going to pull it back up again. Mm-hmm. Alex Tuck. All right, so now they got by, obviously, on Sunday, a big win and impressive offensive display, too. A, a, a big win against Washington. But mm-hmm. going forward, this guy is going to be out you know, two, three weeks, hopefully only two to three weeks. It could mm-hmm. be more, of course. I mean, I don't think you guys quite know for sure yet, but mm-hmm. that's a loss they're going to feel. Talk about that a little bit. And also, I mean, literally just not long before we started taping this um, on your noted hockey, I, I, I saw that. And I only got a chance at this point to glance over, and I'm going to read it after our show. But um, you wrote about a, a player that might be a good addition, not necessarily taking tuck spot, Right. But just a, a good addition in this roster that they could use. Um, James Van uh, Reemsdyke from Philly. Talk about him yeah. a little bit too. And again, this is an article that you just posted on your yeah. uh, on your noted hockey. 
Yeah. So the thought was, if you're trying to find a way to replace Tuck, which you can't do, it's impossible. He's right. you know, 20, you know, 20 north of 25 goals, 60 points already. You're not replacing him with anybody. You're not going to get that same kind of production from from anybody that you that you trade for, whatever. Like maybe within the lineup, probably not. Uh, I love the move of putting Quinn with Thompson and Skinner uh, against Washington. I thought that was a great. I thought that was a great call because Quinn's played great for like the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. been very good. He, the confidence is high again. So you want to take advantage of that. Boy, he looked good. He looked awfully good. again. I mean, Washington helped it out by leaving the gate open the entire game, <laughs> letting, just letting, just letting the, uh, the Sabres kind of attack at will uh, and leaving a, lo- a lot of openings there, but uh, took advantage of it, which is the key part. And, you know, he made an incredible pass to cousins at some point, at one point in the second period. It was, I mean, he looked good. He looked really good. And, uh, that's good for the meantime, but moving him up means you're, you know, they brought Vinny Hinnestroza back from Rochester. So he, he slid into that spot that he was, uh, next to cousins, uh, that Quinn moved off of. And then, uh, your third line was, uh, Paterka, Paterka Krebs and Olofsson, which, you know, Paterka has been struggling. Olofsson's, you know, so hot and cold that, you know, he's, I think he's he pretty really cold is. right now. Yeah. Um, which you hate seeing that because he's he's because he is a good player, but it's just it's been so up and down with him this year. Uh so my thought was if you want to get a guy who's at that similar mold of Tuck, Van Riemsdyk makes all the sense in the world. He's the same size, a little bit, you know, he's not as heavy as Tuck, he's not as physical as Tuck is, but he's you know, he's six three, plays great on the power play. Uh he's great stick down low, really good around the net. Um and you know he can take take the goalie's eyes away by standing in front of him. He can snap he can snap shots off and beat goalies with his with his wrister. He's got over nine hundred games of NHL NHL experience. He's played in the playoffs. He's what 30, 32, 33 years old. I think it is. He's it's a team Sabers lack in the in the the veteran in the veteran side of things. You know it's Kyle. It's you know it's, I guess Zemgus is the veteran is a veteran. Now it's those two guys. And then it's Craig Anderson. Like you don't have a lot of other guys that can, that can say they've been there before. I mean, Zemgus hasn't been there before Anderson and Opozo have, but uh, you know, Tyson Jost has been there before too, but like, you know, he's still kind of young himself, but, um, but for a guy that's been around the bend, you know, and he started his career in Philly, went to Toronto for six years, came back to Philly. He's, he's seen it all, man. Like he's been in the, the high pressure situation. Philly and Toronto are not light pressure situations. Like though that's, that's heavy, intense scrutiny. I mean, Philly, it's hard fans, Toronto, it's hard fans and even harder media. I mean, Philly media is not easy either, but, uh, but Toronto's on a whole other level. But, uh, but for, for, if you bring in a guy like JVR, like the, the, the thing you run into, he's a left wing. So you're, you're not putting him on with Thompson because Skinner's there. So then you're coming down to, do you put him with cousins or do you put him with Krebs? Well, you have some hard decisions to make there because you have Casey Middlestad who's playing great right now. He's having a very good season. I know half the fan base doesn't want to hear that stuff, but he's played very well. Uh, he looked great with cousins uh, on, on Sunday. He looked awesome there. So you could, you can maybe slide him in there and then you move Casey somewhere else. Well, where else are you putting him? Well, that comes down to Paterka. Paterka hasn't scored since the middle of December. He's going through it. He's kind of fighting it. He's young. Like this stuff. Sure. Happens. Uh, there's been a little bit of a jump to his game lately. Like you've, you've noticed him at least a few times. Like there's been some chances. There's been some shots. Um, and he's trying to work through it. 
if you add a JVR, you're not adding them to have them hang out on the bench or hang out in the press box half the time. You're just like, that's, you're not doing that. Like that's, <laughs> you're adding them to play them and put them with, put them in somewhere in your, in your middle six. Um, and then it becomes a question of like, well, you know, what do you do at middle stat? If you put them on that line and then are you sitting Paterka otherwise? They haven't really wanted to do that much in the second half of the season. Like they, you know, Paterka sat out for one of the games. Uh, I think it was out West. I want to say, I think, I think he sat out for one of those games because Asplund got in the lineup. Um, but they don't want the young guys to be watching all the time from the press box. And if you add a JVR, that's where he's going. And that's, that's how that works. That's the downside of that. But if you're worried about, I, I, I can't imagine getting too worried about offensive production, but it's a big subtraction losing tucks. So if you want to add, oh, yeah. if you want to get somebody in there that can feasibly replicate that Van Reems likes a pretty good option there because he's at the end of a contract. Uh, the cap hit $7 million doesn't matter. There's, you know, there's a month and a half left of the season. Um, and the Sabres have plenty of cap space regardless, so it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, the only that's the, the only catch, and it's a it's a big catch, is just where do you how do you figure out your lineup if you add them? Because that's that's the problem. And then when Tuck comes back, it's like mm, okay, what are you doing then? Well, you know, cross that bridge when you get to it. Because if it's you know with the last five games of the season or something like that, last couple of weeks or whatever, cool. Like you've got two. You've got Alex Tuck, the real thing, and then you've got you know a guy who used to play like Alex Tuck back in the day. So like, it's a nice problem to have, but uh, it it does present Kevin Adams with a with a debate of whether to stick with the young guys the way they have all season and just have them you know learn it, go get better, improve from it, you know go through the hardships, improve from it, do that, or say, listen, I owe it to you guys to get you to the playoffs. We're going to be without Alex for X number of weeks. We need a boost there because they're not going to call up any of the, they're not going to call up Kulik from Rochester. None of those guys are going to come up. They're going to stay there. Um, we owe it to you to get you to the postseason. So we're going to, we're going to add JVR or add whoever, because we want to get you guys there because we want that. We want you to have that experience because next year you're going to go to the playoffs and you're gonna you're you're gonna make some noise, even more noise than you're making this year. So it's a it's a tough ask. It's a it's a really tough decision, and it's gonna be very interesting to see how Adams approaches it. And this is, of course, considering everybody else stays healthy. <laughs> you know, because if you run into any other problems before Friday, then you know you gotta you gotta you gotta react fast, and then maybe you're making a you might be making a sketchy trade after that. But. Um, but yeah, I to me JVR is the first guy that I took a look at, and I'm I feel like I almost feel like I don't need to profile anybody else because he fits it so well to to what Tuck does. So it's it's gonna be it, it's gonna be very interesting to see how Adams handles it. But if 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 they decide to add a forward, you could do a lot worse than JVR. You probably can't do better than him, and that's not putting him down. That's him being a, a veteran solid veteran player who can who can score and he's not he's not a uh he's not a guy who defensively is going to leave you out to dry like he's he's fine like he's he's not going to win a, he's not going to win a selkie award but he's fine sports fans who like to wager which is pretty much everyone these days I'm here to tell you about odds trader the number one site for all your game day bets if you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds, 
live up to the minute. Look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting the underdogs or profiting the most if you're going to go with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sportsbooks to get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, the Odds Trader app gives you the player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a bet tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're into betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Um, so this is one of the most overrated weeks of the whole calendar. If you're a football fan and the NFL combine is this week, I really don't have too much to add about that. Bunch of us are going to go nuts because some guys are going to be taller than we thought. And they're going to run a little faster than we thought. Um, if the, if the combine is good for anything, some news, non prospect news might come out of that. But I mean, guys do go up the draft board or down the draft board sometimes because of the combine and, mm. uh, I don't know. I just think it's personally ridiculous, man. Film should always, you know, speak for itself. But this is just, it's an event. It's a, it's an NFL event at this point. And, um, you know, the NFL has got to stay on top of the news all they can. One other thing too. And then I want to finish with our, our four pack of questions that I have for you for this week. You know, there's a week after week, I'm sitting here waiting for something to happen with the bills. So we have something to talk about like news wise and it's mm-hmm. nothing's happening, but, Something's got to give soon, Joe, because we're talking now. We're into uh, this is the last day of February, and uh, March 13th is the NFL tampering, legal tampering period, which essentially is the real start of free agency. Mm-hmm. So you're talking like what, two weeks or so? Yeah. Um, shit's got to go down soon. The Bills are 16 and a half million over the cap, mm-hmm. and they're going to make a lot of moves. They're going to do a lot. Of, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of cuts. There's going to be a lot of restructures, a lot of kicking the can down the road. There might be one or two guys I can see getting cut. Um, Naeem Himes might be one, maybe McKenzie. There's some money to be saved there, but you're going to see guys like Josh and Trey White, maybe Vaughn Miller have deals redone. So they'll have that money, of course. Edmonds, we'll see what happens with that. Here's what I want to tell you, though. I've been waiting to have you on the podcast all week to tell you this. Because <laughs> I'm tying the team I cover and, and love into the team mm-hmm. that you like, the Detroit Lions. I told you this, maybe in a DM or maybe on Twitter, probably, I don't know, whatever, but I don't say this word often at all, but I'm go. I'm just going to tell you this. Okay. I could tell you from a, I'm just going to say a source. So somebody that I trust, somebody who is a reliable source that the Detroit Lions are going to at least take a crack at landing Jordan Boyer. And it's not just fans trying to put two to two together, you know, mm-hmm. lines or a team that's looking pretty good and they got some money. I'm telling you that there's a list of teams that I know for a fact have shown some interest in Jordan Poyer. I don't know about offers, term or any of that stuff. 
but he knows that he's got a, t- a list of maybe three to five teams, not including the Bills, who are interested in his services. And I'm telling you, I know, I'm telling you for a fact, dude, the Detroit Lions are among them. I don't know if, what are your thoughts on that? A, a guy like Poyer going to potentially the team that, again, that you like the most, the Detroit Lions. I, you know, it's, it's interesting because secondary is always a, it's always been a problem for them. (laughs) I mean, everything's been a problem for them for, for a long time. Uh, But in this, this new iteration of the Lions where it's like, Hey, they might be something now. Uh, Safety position's been a little bit, I mean, there's been injuries. Their, their secondary has gotten beat up like crazy uh, the last, couple of years i mean jeff okuda okuda's great dude can't stay in the lineup like that's tough um and i'm just i'm looking at their depth chart right now and i'm just trying to figure out you know like tracy walker and uh deshaun elliott are their safeties like it's okay tracy walker's okay i guess but like when you're saying your guys are okay that means if you're getting jordan poyer you're like we got it solved <laughs> you know like you you're saying it's it's taken care of and is it a I, little unfair joe I didn't mean to cut you off, but is it? We're, I mean, we're talking Lions and Jordan Poyer here. It's a little unfair to say that the guy, because he was hurt a ton last year, and oh, yeah. he is going to be 32 years old. Mm-hmm. But it's not like this guy has a long history of, you know, injuries that make him miss multiple games every season. It's fair. Is it fair to say that maybe this year was like a little bit of an anomaly, at least? You know, like yeah. I don't necessarily know that you're signing a guy and you can't count on him to to be able to play because history doesn't. Last year tells me that, but history doesn't. I think he's still got plenty left in the tank, and he's a leader, and he's a winner. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, 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 one season with injuries, I mean, it, it can be an anomaly. It's a little tougher when you're when you're past thirty in the NFL, like because then it's like, oh, is it going to hold up? I think that's a, I think it's a fair question to ask. Um, to kill him for it, I don't know if I would. I I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, he's been all pro like with the last. Last couple of years, he's played at all pro. I mean, he wasn't all pro last year. I, was he this year too? No, two years ago he was. This year, well, okay. he missed too many, too much football. Right. But, so, okay. I, so I mean, like, but that's the level of player you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, like, you gotta put respect on his name for that. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, listen, anytime you're talking about signing a guy that's north of thirty in the NFL, you, you better be sure you're able to 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 walk away from that contract without getting your cap killed at mm-hmm. some. Point. Because you don't know, especially in defense. I mean, you're laying your body out all over the place. You're making. I mean, Poyer's a pretty physical safety. I mean, he's good at coverage. You can pick balls off, but like he's still hitting guys too. I mean, he's not sure. like a high hitting guys, but he's still gonna he's still gonna hit guys. Sure. So, I mean, you know, you got you got to have to have have some concern there. But I mean, geez, I, I haven't looked at what's available out there as far as safeties go. But I mean, he's top of the list. He has to be. So yeah. you know, if you're gonna add a guy of that caliber, I'm all for it. So if Detroit's about it, then they have plenty of cap space. I mean, they just they just cut uh what, what was his name? They just cut they just cut a guy last week. Brockers. Brockers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. 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 Brockers. Um, so they just cut him and that saved them even more money against the cap. So it's like, well, they didn't need to, but now they've got even more to spend. Yeah, I think they saved like eleven million or something crazy was, like that. Yeah, gonna get a Poyer's gonna I would be willing to I'd be stunned if Poyer doesn't get, like, say, maybe a three-year deal that's voidable after two, easily voidable, so that mm-hmm. he can get more money up front. The team that signs him can spread that hit over three years, get out of it after two, where it won't crush them. 
even if they had to get over it. Look, I know the odds say that Miami is the team. I mean, we, I don't know if you heard it, but Jordan Poyer was on his podcast and he was all going on this rant about taxes and how New York takes half his money. And I don't need to tell you yeah. how his wife feels about stuff like that, how Rachel yeah. feels about stuff like that. I don't know, man. I don't think it's a big stretch to say where he plays next. You have to wonder how much of an influence. And I'm not saying his wife having an influence on where he's going mm. is necessarily, that's not necessarily a criticism, Joe. Right. You know, if uh, I had offers to go work at different places throughout the country, my wife should have a say in it as well. I don't know. Sure. She should have a public say where I'm the one who's, you know, the one playing somewhere and my wife is the one, you know, out in public saying it. Right. But you know what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Yeah. She loves Miami. All right. That's all. Let's just get to it. Man. They live in Florida. She loves mm-hmm. it there. She, they love, she loves the politics in Florida. She loves mm-hmm. the weather in Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, she loves those state sales tax, which Jordan Poyer suddenly is making a big point. Makes mm-hmm. you wonder. Texas is another state where uh you know the taxes are lower for the players um Dallas yeah, Cowboys yeah so they could be on the table i mean the betting odds would probably say Miami but i'm just telling y'all if you're listening you know how you said you you're going to take credit for Dylan Cousins and mm-hmm. you did say that too by the way mm-hmm. oh yeah i'm going to take a shitload of credit if Jordan Boyer goes <laughs> to Detroit Lions man i'm going to tell you right now i uh i given those factors i mean Michigan Michigan is not a uh, agree Tax friendly yeah, state yeah, in, that, in that respect, but, but they can pay you money, man. You forget about those taxes quick. Pay you enough right, money. Yeah. Plus, they're a good team. That's the right. key. Detroit's a good team, though. Man. Yeah, and uh, but I it is I don't know because because the, their politics are their politics. Like, does does Florida count for more? Because again, that's like home for for Rachel and I, for Poyer too. Really, I think he's from Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, is it to go there or I don't know? Maybe Jacksonville is like, hey, we got more money. Come to us. You know, they make that call or or the Cowboys or the Texans because it's, you know, it's Texas or the Titans because Tennessee has the same mm-hmm. sort of uh, relaxed tax stuff or the Raiders because now they're in Vegas. So, you know, if you want to go strictly by that stuff, like there's a lot of options. Sure, <laughs> so there is. Away from being taxed like crazy. But, it, what, but yeah. how many of those are winning team? Like Miami's Miami's probably a winning team. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, probably a winning team. Dallas is a winning team. Houston's not a winning team. The Raiders. Oh, no, he's not going to Houston. He's not going to Houston. He's not a winning team. So, like, no, Detroit's a winning team, man. I mean, they'll have to come up. They're with in the conversation. Room. I mean, like, that, that's. I mean, I'm that's telling a, you, the NFC North is going to be weird, man, because the Vikings are going to be like the runaway favorites, and I'm like, they're fake. No, no, it's a fake team. We we agree on that. We say that all the time, and we both agree on that. Fake I team. And then you know, like Green Bay's getting rid of Rodgers. Like, I mean. I've I had to mute Aaron Rodgers' name on Twitter because I'm so sick of reading oh, nonsense from from that moron. But darkness retreat. But I mean, like, yes, please give me a freaking break. Just like Pat Kane's, uh, you know, points of reflection or whatever the hell he's doing right now. <laughs> that's some, no, listen, I I like that because that's fantastic PR by his agent, Pat Rison. Like that's friggin' fantastic. Because plus, he's only going to one team. He's going to the Rangers. Like that's that's what. Yeah. Pat- there's nowhere else he's going. He's going to the Rangers. It would be stunning. One, one last thing with Poyer, too. I'll, I'll say this. Don't count the Bills out. I mean, I don't think the Bills are out of it. I think Jordan's going to drum up interest as best he can. I think he's going to take offers. And he, I think he wants – I think of all things we're equal, I do think Jordan Poyer – I don't think it's only 100% about the money. Like, if 
Miami and Buffalo both offered, let's just throw a number, let's just say $11 million, okay? Mm-hmm. If the money's that close, I don't think he's going to pick Miami because they are going, you know, if you factor in the taxes. I truly don't. I just think he wants Buffalo to show him the respect that he feels and he's earned that he deserves. He doesn't want a one-year, $4.5 million offer from the Bills. Yeah. He wants their offer to be competitive. I wouldn't count him out. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe so much time has went by now where ain't shit going on with the Bills that I've talked myself in every scenario imaginable. Because I'm going to tell you, a month ago I said there ain't no way Jordan Boyer's come back to Buffalo and there's no way Tremaine Evans is leaving Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Now, days away, I think there's a 50-50 chance or more that Tremaine Evans leaves. And I think there's maybe at least going from maybe 5% up to maybe 30 35% chance that Poyer ends up in Buffalo. I do know for sure that he he's not – he doesn't want to leave Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He wants to get paid what he's worth. Right. I'm sure that makes sense to you as well. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean – Just he's not going to come here on a discount is what I'm telling you. Is he, you know, not – you know, I love this team. Six years. They showed mm-hmm. me so much love. I'm coming back and I'm going to take a big discount. He's not. Yeah. He knows he's got one more nice payday left in him and he's going to get it. No, these guys aren't going to Matt Milano themselves, especially like, especially a guy at 30, <laughs> 31, 32 years old. He's, yeah, he's going to be 32. Like he knows he's good. He knows he's yeah. league good and he can get paid. And I don't know, man, you, you said like, I just can't see him doing it, but I'm like, I seem to remember lots of guys going from the Yankees to the Red Sox and the Red Sox to the Yankees, at the height of that rivalry and just being like, yeah, whatever, man. Gotta get oh, paid, yeah. you know. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Damon did that. He was like, "Yeah, well, cool. We won our series there. Great. I'll go over. I'll go over to those guys now." Like, if, if you're a Bills fan and your off season is a success or failure, on if you know you're a big Jordan Boyer fan and you want him back, I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned. Oh, yeah. Him leaving is bad enough. Him leaving and going to play in Miami is yeah. like that's a bad, bad, bad scenario. We'll see how it plays out. Which, by the way, again, finally. We'll start to have some stuff to be able to react to when it comes to the Bills in the NFL because some shit's going to start going down. Anyway, let's. Uh, I want to finish with the four pack of questions for you. These are not sports questions, kind of random questions. I say it all the way, all the time, and it's an opportunity for listeners and, and watchers to get to know a couple more fun facts, interesting things about you and, and myself as well. Let's start here. A movie that everyone loves, but you don't really like. Mm. Uh, you know, I had one, I like, I had one earlier today that I was thinking of and it left my head and now I'm really mad. I'm really mad at myself about it. <laughs> um, it seems like it, 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 the ones I think of are like holiday movies and I feel like that's its own separate category, you know, like, <laughs> lo, like love actually, like people love that movie. I'm just like, Every character in that movie, apart from like three of them, I want to throw off a bridge. <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's like it's hard for me to like root for people in that movie where it's like, oh, most of you guys are awful, and like this is being played like if it's a comedy and they're awful people, yeah, right, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> but like that, mm, I don't know. My other contender is uh, say anything. That's um John Cusack. Oh yeah 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 really holding, holding the stereo up. You pay attention to the, how really pay attention to what that story is about, man. That's a messed up story. That is a really <laughs> screwed up, screwed up story. And you get, it gets weird when you when, like, cause you think about it, You just think of like the scenes, like the different iconic scenes from it. You're just like, wow, oh man, I love that movie. I'm like, 
did you pay attention to the story? It's really fucked up. And like, <laughs> it's like, I watched, I sat down and watched it one night. Cause I was like, I got to finally watch this thing in full because you know, I've seen all the different scenes a thousand times. And I'm like watching it. I'm like, Oh, Oh no, I no, This is a bad movie guys. Get away from this thing. I'm going to go with, uh, any of the Austin power movies. I, I don't, I don't, hmm. I, I know a lot of people like Michael Myers and think Austin yeah. Powers funny, groovy baby. Yeah. I just, that's just, just stupid to me, man. I never, I thought those movies were never as funny as, as people made them out to be. And I just personally don't really think Michael Myers is all that funny to, uh, to be honest. So I'm gonna go with that one, man. Let's, uh, I'm glad you gave him full name treatment. Like make him like he's the horror character. You know, everybody's all cool. Like Mike Myers. Yeah. He's, he is Mike Myers. I was thinking like, of the serial no, no. killer. Well, I, I tell you what that so much. Like. I'm calling him Michael Myers. Like, it's all Mike Myers. All right. What is, what did Joe, what's your favorite sandwich combination? Uh, <laughs> um, man, I, I'm a child. It's peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. It's I I know it's got to be like turkey and a provolone and you know lettuce tomato all that's like that's great too but like man it's I I'm too much of a five year old in my head with that with when it comes to that because there's nothing more satisfying when you've got the urge for it there ain't nothing more satisfying than that like especially yeah. if you're feeling and it's attached to being sick home from school like if you're feeling like crap and you're just kind of like ah oh, whatever just make a, make a can of soup and have a PB and J sandwich you're you're in heaven. This might repulse you about me, man. I don't like anything on my sandwiches. I don't like any condiments. I don't like anything. Like if I have a ham sandwich, I have ham and bread. If I want a roast beef, if I go to the to a supermarket and get like a deli sandwich, like roast beef, it's roast beef and bread, turkey and bread, plain. Wait, no cheese, no no, like... che no cheese. I can have like steak and melted cheese. Like I like steak okay. and cheese subs, but like anything, everything is plain. I don't want any ketchup on shit. I don't want no lettuce. Tomato, you don't want oil, condiments, you don't want, no mayonnaise, you don't want toppings, you don't want anything, nothing wow. literally, whatever the lunch meat is, and bread or roll or whatever. That's it. really old school, like it that's, really is. And it's old, terrible. old school, man. Well, Everyone, it's... all my friends hate me because of that, too. By the way, when I we go out to eat anywhere, but it is what it is. All right, two more here. Let me preface this one before if you're watching this, you're already seeing it. If you're listening, I'm gonna it says just stop for a minute and recommend a good song for back in the day. Joe and I have had countless music related, you know, whether they were drafts or conversations about music. So we could be here literally for five hours if we're going to go through a bunch yeah. of songs that we think are awesome from back <laughs> in the day and recommend to people. So kind of one of those rapid fire, just pick a quick song in your mind, something that that's good from back in the day. If people right now are like, you know what? I'm really in the mood to hear a good song, man. How yeah, far give somebody back, a song. How far back in the day are we going? As far back as you want to go. Oh, man. Not yesterday or in the last 10 years. No, 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 no. Because um, you say back in the day, I'm thinking like way back. I'm like sure. dialing it way back. So like, like beyond oldies, almost like, you know, my grandparents era of music, <laughs> kind of. Um, and the, the first thing that came to mind, and it's a show tune. But it's Sinatra singing "Luck Be a Lady Tonight." Nice um, guys and dolls. That I mean, listen, I'm I I I did musical theater in high school, uh, only in high school because we always had music high school musicals. That's what we had to do. Mm -hmm. um, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, so I never got a singing. I never got like a legit singing part. And if I had a part that had singing in it, it was cut. 
<laughs> so like I, I got to know a lot of these things and like you know one of my my high school girlfriend was like a big into theater and the whole thing so i just got got knowing all these things and uh one year like her theater group was doing guys and dolls and like i was just like, I was like i don't know anything about this and they started singing the songs i'm like oh no i know like half the soundtrack just from like hearing sinatra do it or seeing it on like different stuff on tv and i'm like well, no kidding so when you, when I hear that version with Sinatra doing like, and I mean like that's if you're gonna ever watch like a movie musical version of that, that's the one to watch. Um, but Sinatra singing that man, he kills it. Like, I mean, he kills everything sure. he did. But like he does. That's that one song. popped into my head immediately, and like I got, I have zero reason why it did. When I saw this question, it and again, you and I could go on for hours and hours and hours just coming mm-hmm. up with great songs. Um, I got the Simon and Garfunkel vibe for some reason. I don't even know why, man. But like mm-hmm. Sounds of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel, mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs, a really good song, kind of a deep song, makes you think. Just yeah. lo- and I love their harmonizing. I think mm-hmm. they're if them, the Bee Gees, probably one of those two groups, maybe the best harmonic group ever, man. Mm-hmm. Just the way they sing and they they harmonize together. It's just uh it's amazing to see. All right, last question here. Um, probably a subjective one. I don't know what. Are you still close to any of your childhood buddies? I ask you this for a reason when I get to mine, but that's what that's what I wanted to leave us with today. Are you still close to like guys that you're, you know, guys or girls that you grew up with, that, you know, at a young age? Like we're talking like grade school, like before grade high school, school and high school. Like it could be as early as grade school, or we'll make the parameters as late as say you met them and became friends, like in high school. Okay, yeah, I mean, if we're talking high school, like I've like two of my best friends are are high school buddies of mine. Um, and you still, one of them, one of them I, I lived with for like three or four years, like after, like after we were done with college and everything. Okay. Um, and uh, like, it was like him and like another buddy of ours who he works, uh, he works abroad now. So like, we never see him. Um, so like, it, but like we keep in touch through uh, like a, you know, group text and like keep up with each other, even though like one guy's like 12 hours ahead or behind or whatever the hell it is. But, um, but yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah like we, we stay together. Anybody from grade school though? No, like grade school was a little more difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's like, there's people that I remember from that, from back in the day and whatever. And like, you know, you're still Facebook connected, but it's like, you're not, you're not hanging out with them. You're not doing, right. you're not confiding in them and anything. Like you're just, you know, you just like, Hey, I remember you from back in the day. Like, yeah, I remember when you were like crying in class about X, Y, Z. And I was like, yeah, cool. It was fun being six, you know, like, it was right. like, like that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, couple a couple of guys a couple of guys from like directly from my high school class there's a there's a few others that went to the same high school uh but like everybody kind of grew up in the neighbor, same neighborhood so it was right one of those kinds of things but uh but yeah yeah this i it, i mean it's not as far back as i think the question is is it wants it to be but uh that's i mean i'm 44 now man like that's pretty far back now <laughs> well i got you by six and a half years and uh yeah you know, kind of the same for me, childhood, you know, grammar school and, and high school, like in the West side is kind of the, you know, you went to the same grammar school and high school, almost everybody mm-hmm. went to school together. It was kind of the same closer on, on, on Facebook to your point. Like you said, you connect, yeah. you reconnect with people you went to school with, or, you know, lived with the neighborhood back in the day. Um, I wish I could say I was, I wish I could say I was closer to a group of friends in my mind. I am. But we don't do stuff. You know, you go years yeah. without seeing these people. My friend, and, and I bring this up for a reason. Like my, my buddy, 
um, shout out Ryan Gallivan. He had a 50th birthday party this weekend and um, went to KO Bar in North Buffalo. That's where he had it. Nice oh, yeah. little dive bar, man. Pretty good yeah. wings too there, by the way. Um, and I met up with about six or seven guys that I was really close to when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And we all get together and we always say the same shit. It's like, you know, we never, let's start getting together more often. We And it's like, you, you mean it when you say it, but then life happens, you know, you, whether it's your career, whether it's your families, you're moving around, just shit just always seems to come up. And before you know it, it's been six months, a year, two years, three years before you end up back together. Like, I wish, I, I feel like I'm close to people I grew up with. I just wish I was closer and, and did more. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I don't know, that, that, that kind of sucks. It was fun to, to catch up with the guys yeah. that, I, that I hung out with this weekend. But then it's also depressing because I started thinking about it. I'm like, why don't, why weren't we closer? Why didn't, you know, yeah. you, you always think you're going to grow up and live in the same neighborhood and then your kids are going to play together just like you did. And it just shit never works out that way. You know what I'm saying? So yep. that part was a little depressing, but yeah. that's the part know. of adulthood that really stinks. Cause it's like, you remember the good times you see everybody and you're just kind of like, Oh man, remember yeah. like, like, cause you just pick up like it was like it was yesterday. Like that's how it always right. works. That's how it's, you know, it's, it, it was a, it's a good friendship, but like, hmm. It's such a bummer. It's like, oh, I gotta go back to the grind tomorrow and it sucks and I'll see you, I don't know, whenever. And it's, it does. Like you say you want to do it, but then it's your, everybody knows in the back of their head, like, well, I gotta, I gotta go home. I got, you know, kids to take care of. I gotta do this. I got that, blah, 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 blah. Like it's, everything else takes precedence and it's sure. Thanks. And it's just, and you know, there's a time and a place like over the friends you've become friends with over the last five, seven, 10 years, maybe you mm-hmm. have a lot of memories with them and, at this point of your life, you have more in common with them, maybe than a lot of people you grew up with. Yep. But when you get together with those people and you start telling stories, no matter how, like with my wife, I, I love my wife to death. You know, we've been together for over 20 years, but when I get together with these guys and we're talking about how she does, she wasn't around. You know, only these people know some of the funny or bad or whatever stupid <laughs> shit happened. You know, when you're a kid, they're the only ones who can relate to what you're talking about. Cause they're the only ones who were there who know it. You know what I mean? So you kind of, mm-hmm. You build up that equity with them. But yeah, man, I'm, uh, I got to work on kind of getting a little bit closer to some people, at least some people. Now, some people I'm glad I got away from their ass, but <laughs> you know, there's some people out there that I grew up with that I, I do wish I was a little bit closer to, but, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, all right, that's going to do it for this episode. Guys, check out noted hockey. Like I said, Lance put up or Lance, I was going to get to Lance in a second. <laughs> Don't put up a really good article today. We discussed it on the podcast, five bucks per month. 50 bucks per year, man. You cannot go wrong. This is an exciting team that fans want to read about. I mentioned Lance, of course, Joe and Lance Main Day podcast, mm-hmm. which, by the way, it dropped on Monday. We're recording this Monday, so it dropped a short time ago. So if you want some really solid hockey um, analysts and in-depth conversation, make sure you check that out. Plus, Joe said on Twitter, so I'm going to hold you and Lance to this, if anything significant goes down with the Sabres this week. Not a not a Stillman trade, but yeah, if something Stillman. bigger than that goes on, you can expect, we'll call it Emerge Pod. I guess that's the term now, what we call yeah, these. That's, they, what, that's what you've used, so uh, we're going to gleefully steal that from you. <laughs> All right, anyway, make sure you check out Manny's Day Podcast with Joe and Lance. Really good stuff. Thanks as always, man. Always a good time having you. And by the way, now that you've had Imperial and you know they're good, Mm-hmm. I'll see you there again. Well, I'll see you every week here. We'll see you at Imperial oh, yeah. in a couple of weeks for sure. Take Sign care, me brother. up, man. Yeah, be good, man. Be good. And uh, yeah, wings and pizza, bring it on. Mm-hmm. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.